On this week's episode, we hush up with A Quiet Place. Are all sounds created equally? Do y'all want to go rocket ship? And why on earth is she pregnant? Find out now you're listening to 24 Flames Per Second. Okay, okay, stop. Do it for now. It's really hard. I'm not that good at whispering either. Um, everybody, welcome to the show. In case you didn't hear me before, 24 plays per second, podcast the rest of the films the most. I'm Robert Spiewak. Welcome. And this week, to celebrate A Quiet Place 2 coming out, we are talking about A Quiet Place 1, a different other quiet place. Um, and yeah, everybody, uh, directed by John Krasinski. Or, uh, well, yes, that's his name. Um, and so, uh, yeah, everybody, welcome to the uh, to the show. We're uh, exci- excited to jump right on in. I want to check one thing to see if we've got any stuff coming up this week. Well, there might, there could very well be a hot take this week, or it was last week. I don't know. We shall see. Um, but yeah, everybody, if you want to get that, it's our um, movie, re- movie reviews for our Patreon that is uh, right after we walk out of the theater. Um, go ahead over to patreon.com slash 24flamespod. You can get that. There's a bunch of them. A lot of bad predictions about future sequels on things. Um, last month of Sonic the Hedgehog. That's a good one. Um, but, uh, yeah, everybody, we'll, uh, go check that out and, um, help uh, support the show. So, um, yeah, we're, we're excited to jump on into this one this week. And so we're going to get right on into it. Everybody across the table from me this week. The Mary Poppins to my Jim Halpert. <laughs> Casey Rom. Oh, hello. Hello, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. I, Judging by how hard it was for us to stay quiet during that intro, I'm glad mm. we don't live in the quiet place. Yeah, we, I'd die. I would be a very I'd early get death. Real fast. Yeah. I'd, be, I'd be that kid. I'd be like, oh, it's a spaceship toy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, did you watch the movie this week? Um, I did not watch it this week, but I have watched it fairly recently. Yeah. So I'm was this? On it. I'm trying to remember. I don't think this was in our horror marathon, was it? No. Okay. No. Not either year? Nope. Okay. Nope. Well, that's fine. We'll put it in eventually, maybe. Yeah. Um, well, great. What do you know about it? Um, so there's a lot to know about this movie. I definitely recommend reading the IMDb trivia, but I'm going to kind of focus on a lot of the stuff having to do with sound as that is sort of, you know, the central crux of the film. Um, so Millicent Simmons, who plays the daughter, uh, is actually deaf and she has been deaf since infancy. Um, Due to a medication overdose, which Whoa. I didn't know was Whoa. a thing. Until um, that on her or like her uh, mom? Was I think she. I think like as a baby, they gave her too much oh, something. Something. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it was initially um, intended to be completely unsubtitled. Um, and Boo. It, yeah. <laughs> Good choice, Sam. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the first trailer, notably, does not have subtitles. Um, they were hoping that like subtext and context would be enough. And then when they were editing the film, <laughs> the editor's um, like, I don't know what the yeah. <laughs> the argument specifically about the the cochlear implants. Oh. Uh, they were like, this there's not enough context here. We have hmm. to subtitle this movie. Um, so they went back and and resubtitled it. Um, I never knew that name for those cochlear implants. Yeah. Cochlear. 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 Mm-hmm. Co-clear. Yeah. Thank I, you. I remember following extensively the creation of those on the news when yeah. I was a kid in the 90s. It's cool. the coolest thing they, ever. They yeah. serve a different purpose than hearing aids. I know that. Hearing aids, it's like a different type of hearing loss. Uh, no. Cochlear? The cochlear implant directly uh, uses electromagnetic uh, waves to stimulate the part of your brain that perceives sound. Mm-hmm. So wow. instead of having an ear, it bypasses it and just sends your brain signals. Yeah. I love that. 
Um, yeah, so the, that argument would not have worked. Um, and then there's only about 25 lines of actual voice dialogue in the film. And it's um, all at the waterfall. Yeah, <laughs> and the first <laughs> takes place about 38 minutes into the movie. So, wow. um, yeah, it, it makes it pretty far. So I think that, that all of that's kind of important because, it's A... It's like halfway. Yeah. It's like almost halfway, yeah. We don't get a ton of... Um, you know, deaf representation yeah. um, in movies or, or TV. And I also think it's obviously crucial to the film that it be kind of quiet. So <laughs> I think that's what people kind of latched on to. Can you imagine the bait and switch out. if it ended up just being a real loud movie? <laughs> <laughs> it's a sequel, a loud yeah. place. A loud <laughs> place. <laughs> Missed opportunity. The trailer for A Quiet Place 2 already feels like there's a lot more speaking in it. So well, yeah, because be... they meet, um, what's his nuts? Yeah. Uh, Killian Murphy. Yeah, 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 that guy. So he think, looks old. Now. Yeah. So or I think in the it'll movie, be interesting. I don't know how old he actually looks in real life. Um, well, yeah, that's good stuff. That's real good stuff. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, I, I think. What do you say? We get right on into the panels this week, and we'll get on into the show. Um, starting with the roasters, director and actor, a student student rights activist for a few more weeks. At yeah, least. that's right. Uh, find him on Instagram at Super Mar Mar Mario 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 Arallo. Hi, <laughs> hello. How are you doing? It's so good to see you again. Yes, absolutely. A it's treat and a gift. Can't wait to. You brought both those things with you. <laughs> I know. I can't wait. You brought some TJ's Dunkers. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And uh, next to him, Seattle's resident nerd Riley Scott. Hey, Robert. The smartest person, or the. Well, you know the most. I know. It's I don't true, know if yeah. that equals smarts, but it was I, good. You know what a cochlear implant was? Yeah, yeah. That's it's like <laughs> you play D and D. You know how bards could like one point in every knowledge skill by default. Like that's that's me. <laughs> I, I don't didn't play D&D, realize that, <laughs> but I play exalted. Okay, well then I have a couple of charms that give me a broad range of Dope. knowledge skills. <laughs> I, I play exalted too. Lunar man. Yeah. Okay. This book. God. Anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyways, it's great to have you here. And across the table on the defense this week, Seattle, or Seattle Cinephile? Is that what I usually say? Okay. Yeah. That was, I don't know why I had a big brain fart. <laughs> um, Seattle Cinephile, find her on Instagram. And Xander C33, Alexandra Calero. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good. I'm yeah. a, little, a little nervous about movie in a minute because I haven't defended in a while. So. I mean, you... <laughs> Technically, well, never mind. I was going to say, just make no sound for a minute, and boom, you did it. <laughs> oh, wait. Interpretive yeah. dance. At least for the first 20 seconds, you could stay quiet. <laughs> this is true. Um, okay, so uh, you know how this goes. Give me a 60 seconds. Give us the full plot synopsis of A Quiet Place. Spoilers and all. And you get three count, and then you're off. Are you ready? As ready as I'll ever be. Oh, very good. Okay, here we go. And you Three, two, one, and go. Okay, so movie starts 89 days into an event, and we see a family in town searching for meds and other supplies. Their littlest boy finds a rocket toy, which ends up getting him killed because it makes noise. Uh, and we see our first look at the creatures that respond to noise. We then cut to 472 days later, and the family is living <clears throat> kind of a very quiet life uh they grow their own food etc and just trying to live as quietly but as normally as possible we see the mom is pregnant um 40 473 days later they decide to go there they go off and do separate things so the oldest daughter who feels guilty about the death of the youngest son goes off to a memorial that was erected to him dad and uh, other son go off to a waterfall where he teaches them about bigger noises will protect you you can make smaller noises and the mom stays at home <clears throat> where she is uh doing laundry pulls up a and, and you're at yeah it. see it's just i am you know i did not see the title cards that gave the day counts when i rewatched it i must have just just blanked on <laughs> the complete change of tone and, and pacing of the screen. I was just, I, I, I just, for, for whatever reason, I was just like, I don't know how much time is going by. So, I must have been like in and out of the kitchen grabbing food or something. I don't know. Anyways. Out plates. Anyways, mm -hmm. so most of the way there. Mom's yeah. going to give birth. Mom gives birth. Um, Dad dies. <laughs> yeah, which uh, the, the son, they were, they're still all separate at the homestead after yeah. that point, kind of, and kind of about keeping the baby quiet and getting the the monster away from the living kids and 
um, dad sacrifices himself to the monster and that gets the kids home and they learn that the high-pitched feedback coming from the cochlear implants mm -hmm. um, the monsters hate that shit and so um, she uh, slams her thing on the loudspeaker on the, the, the mic the or mic whatever. microphone yeah. I forget <coughs> the intercom the intercom yeah and the feedback makes the monster just head or it just like it falls down and they're like we're done and then mom's got a shotgun that stands up and she blows its head off um and then there's the other a two look between them mm -hmm. that, oh because they see on the monitor the other two are coming are coming and yeah. then she and then she Gosh. and then cut to black credits mm -hmm. there was a, a Chekhov's nail in there as well yeah what is that well you know like Chekhov's gun if it if you see it in the first act it's got to oh, go off okay. in the third act yeah, yeah. So you see the nail in the first act. You know oh, someone's yeah, going to yeah, step yeah. on it. <laughs> Which is like, y'all, how that does that necessary. nail end up like that? Because yeah. that's not the way nails even go into stairs. No. And it was super sense. unnecessary. She had been through enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> um, so uh, anyways, that is that is the movie. So, I mean, you, you made it most of the way through it. It's not bad. Uh, and so, yeah, everybody, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get your opening statements while you're here defending A Quiet Place. Everybody, we'll be right back. Everybody, we are back on the A, Qu a, quiet, on the a quiet Place episode. <laughs> everybody, welcome back to 24 Flames for a second. Alexandra made it up to the baby being born in A Quiet Place in, movie in a minute. Uh, it was pretty, was pretty good. Um, kind of before big action starts. But anyways, um, let's get your opening statements. Where are you here defending A Quiet Place? Well, I got to start with saying I'm kind of shocked that I'm defending this movie because I am not a fan of horror films. It's mm -hmm. not my genre. <clears throat> I went and saw this movie with a friend of mine who is a horror fan and she convinced me to go. And I look at this as, you know, it is horror. It is a creature feature. But mostly it's a story about family and the lengths that you will go in whatever circumstances, in this case, extreme circumstances to protect your family. And um, I think that it's just incredibly well done. I, um, I love the use of sound. I love the fact that they chose to drop sound out to show the daughter's perspective of the world and not just go, okay, she's got a cochlear implant, she's deaf. We'll just assume that we know what it's like for her to be in, in existing in this world. Um, I love the representation it has because so many times, especially in genre movies, people who are deaf, it's seen as a disability. It's seen as something that's going to, you know, hinder them. And it's actually a huge advantage to this family because knowing ASL to be able to communicate with her before this happened allows them to do the things they need to do to communicate as a family and survive. You know, the cochlear implant comes in later as a huge uh, weapon essentially. Mm -hmm. um, I just I think it's a really well crafted movie. I like that it's compact and it's storytelling. It's like an hour and a half long. Um, it didn't yeah. feel like it dragged to me. Okay. All right. You want to start by roasting the deaf kids? So this movie, I'm also not really a fan of horror movies. My friends are like, oh yeah, well this movie's really freaking smart. And I'm like, oh, you know, I like, you know, I've been surprised by smart horror movies before. I like, and I, I, you know, give it a chance. And the first five minutes, I was hooked. I like post-apocalypse stuff. We see some organic storytelling. We see them looting a supermarket. Notice closely, oh, look, all the crackers and noisy foods are still on the shelves. And all the other stuff shelves are empty. And, oh, carefully grab the pill bottle. Oh, can't take this toy. Oh, I'll give you the toy. That's all fine. And the thing is, is so they've been presumably spending 90 days, like, traveling quietly. And when the kid hits the button, the toy goes, loop, loop, loop. And he just starts playing with it like dumb kid in a horror movie. And I was like, oh, God, okay, dumb kid in a horror movie. And then the monster shows itself fully and it gets him. And I laughed and I felt like an asshole in the movie theater. Because <laughs> <laughs> the movie theater was super quiet. I mean, oh, God, I, on my paper, I wrote, family loses idiots. I can think of a way that that could have been done really, really well. You could have got me if the kid had freaked out and went, oh, shit, this is a really loud toy. 
oh no, I'm gonna die. You could have gotten a lot more horror out of that, a lot more tension. And especially if you hadn't shown the monster's full body for a, like a nice good money shot in the first five minutes, that could have been really, really riveting and scary. But instead, I feel no sympathy for this dumb child dying. Mm. <laughs> and and then and from that point onwards, I didn't engage with the movie. I, I, I kind of got in a smug asshole nitpick mode, and I couldn't get out of it. Yeah. How old was that kid supposed to be? Like four. four? Okay, four. that's what I thought, yeah. So, so well, you know, old enough to know right from wrong. Oh, boy. Old, old oh enough to know. <laughs> old, old enough to know critical analysis. <laughs> Deductive reasoning, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, anything to add? No, I'm on the same page. I think, you know, I was really hooked in first five minutes. Um, really enjoyed the store. I thought that was really fun and also kind of showed the unique details of this movie. And I thought overall there were some really specific details and I think they created the roles of the whole movie, mm. which was really cool. But throughout that, I felt that sound, the rules of sound were so kind of in and out for me, right? And when, uh, when you do have a family that's trying to work together, uh, to try and live through, you know, through this apocalypse stuff, which, frankly, I love horror films. Horror is one of my favorite genres. Mm. Uh, and that was not me maybe like three years ago. Uh, but I'm just, for some reason, really in a big kick for it. Um, and I think, particularly this one, I just... I don't know why I just didn't really care. When the kid took the batteries and I was like, cool, he's going to be used as... I, I think I almost called shot for shot what was going to go down. Right, and so kid took the batter, uh, or uh, he was given, right? Right, he was given, given the toy. this toy, and I don't think she knew that he was going to take the batteries, right? That was not on her fault. That kid has great deductive reasoning to realize he needs to put the batteries back in the toy. Right, <laughs> but I, I, I guess my big question for a lot of this movie is like, that, that's 90 days, right? You can do a lot of, of parenting and understanding stakes within 90 days. And if they're that vague within the, uh, if the stakes aren't there within 90 days, then I'm sorry, you deserve to die. And that kid <laughs> deserved to die. And, um, and that family has to now deal with the fact uh, that, <laughs> that, um, that the stakes are high. And so, um, particularly in the opening scene, I definitely felt that they were gonna go somewhere really exciting, somewhere fun. Uh, and then for me, it became quite, kind of a quiet movie because I didn't really <laughs> care about the whole thing. <coughs> Even quieter. Even, Even quieter. <laughs> well, I mean, for starters, they show the kid dying in the trailer. So that's really like everyone saw that coming. You know, I didn't see the trailer. Okay, well, they show it in the trailer. <laughs> oh, so that was like, I, I think, you know, that scene played out exactly the way it would if you have a, a four-year-old. If you've spent any time with a kid of that age, it takes a lot more than 90 days to make them understand and remember that this is a bad thing, don't touch this, you know, um, or this is gonna be dangerous. Um, so I, I think that you know, I didn't honestly have a huge emotional connection to the kid dying either, simply because it happened so quickly. Oh, and I think the whole point of that was that to demonstrate kind of the um, the stakes, to demonstrate that even some of the simplest things, uh, you know, will cost you your life. I mean, nobody expected him to pick up the batteries. You know, there's the whole conversation between... Um, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt after she's had the baby where she still feels guilt. I could have carried him. You know, I had the backpack on my back. I could have carried him. And, you know, this understanding that they are in an extreme situation and there's, it's like hindsight is always twenty twenty, right? You do the best you can with your kids. You hope that they are learning, but they still behave, you know, like a four-year-old would. Right. Uh, you know, a four-year-old who has spent his, you know, entire life allowed to make as much noise as he wants and do whatever he wants i'm assuming right. um is not gonna quickly pick up that all of a sudden all of the normal activities in my life i can no longer do right then why bring the sick kid <laughs> or like why bring the kid then you know if he's three years old they have a family they have a farm they have a community why bring him along 
right? Why couldn't they do the separating and stuff like that? Why, why, why particularly in the grocery store, did they have to bring that kind of baggage along, right? And and I and I call it baggage because I think I yeah. totally agree with you that at, at four years old, obviously, there's a lot of learning stuff and a lot of, and I think you can have uh, um, room for failure, especially when you're that young. With that being said, as parents, that is your that's your, that's on you. So if you bring your kids with you, knowing that this is an environment where it's fucked, uh, then I think you lose a kid, right? And so I guess they had to learn the hard way, uh, which sucks. Um, but at the same time, one of the questions is, it's, it's uh, one of the things that I was reading too, is why did Emily Blunt uh, and, um, what's his face? John, John Krasinski. Krasinski. Yeah, Jim. 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 Why did they bring the sick kid too? Why couldn't they just bring the pills? You know what I mean? I don't know. It's just like a thing too, where it's just like, is this like an adventure story or is this like a really... Stakes are high. I shouldn't bring my kids with me, uh, which then I guess asks more questions. But um, I just think that having those kids are such a huge liability. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Like in the beginning, if they they had set it up in a way such that like if they were constantly on the move looking for resources, that would have justified a whole lot of stuff, wouldn't it? Like if instead of hunkering down on a farm because their family lives on a farm, and you'd have had them constantly moving from place to place going through these husks of cities yeah, that would have been pretty cool or if you had set it a little bit closer to the start of the apocalypse uh that that would have been uh, the way it's like okay you know there's still a lot of mistakes and we do need to have someone suffer in order to establish the the threat but when when with the the, the lack of um gravitas given thanks to how kind of mishandled his death was it makes you kind of start noticing the little things and going like Hang on, the newspaper said, oh, it's sound that lures the monsters. How did they, they were printing newspapers when the world was collapsing? When the sound monsters How were How else would you know the world's collapsing? <laughs> oh, no, we need to have, like, uh, Left for Dead style, like, exposition <laughs> on all, like, the surfaces. And then we I go, oh, oh, they're putting down uh, tracks of sand to, to walk on quietly. Wait, can they just wear socks? Or, or shoes with towels, like, tied to the bottom? Where are they getting the sand from? By, by, by trying to go the extra mile to show how, how much you've thought out this premise, you unfortunately invite yourself to criticism of every little thing. It's not like a, a typical slasher horror movie or a monster movie where you can go like, okay, but it's like a horror movie. And this one, it's like, okay, they thought this out enough, but I don't know if they did. It's not just, it kills you in your dreams. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> just don't sleep. Moon's haunted. <laughs> Um, you know, I'm, I don't think the movie is flawless by any means. Mm. Um, in terms of like the choice to bring the kids, I think it kind of plays into the situation where the dad brings the other son to go check the fishing traps. It's like the kids need to learn how to do this. Mm. You know, the next day isn't guaranteed, you know, they don't know what's going to happen day to day. So the kids need to know how to navigate the world as quietly as possible. So I can understand the argument for like, why not leave, you know, mom or, or dad, whomever at home with the youngest kid, take the older kids or, you know, leave them at home with, um, the youngest kid and the sick kid. But if you constantly do that, then those kids are going to be SOL when the parents die, because they're not going to know how to navigate and do some of the basics of how to move through a city. Mm. Um, you know, in terms of the the choice for them to stay in one place versus uh, being on the go, we don't know where they started. We're making an assumption that this is the house that they live in, and I would say that's probably the house they lived in before it happened, but for all we know, they lived in some other city, and, you know, they had been on the move for 90 days. Had you considered that. You know, and then they realized that's not a viable option because you, you know, you've got to be able to protect yourself from the elements. You don't know at any given time how to protect yourself. If you can't make a home base and say, this is how we monitor the threat to us. I hadn't considered that's not where they started. But uh, I, a lot of the movie suffers from a lack of any kind of direction. I mean, you have your initial inciting incident. Then a lot of it's just kind of mundane day-to-day life which you know i can see as like a the argument oh it's 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 a character drama not really a horror movie but 
if like like let's say that we hadn't started so close to um, mom giving birth, if we had started with, oh shoot, she's pregnant. We need to soundproof a room. That would have been a lot more engaging if we'd watch the family be like, shoot, we need to find a way to quickly and very quietly make a soundproof area. Uh, Without that, it's just kind of like, it feels like every little thing that happens only exists to generate um, worse scenarios, like the the nail getting pulled up and the lingering, like, take on that. Hmm. Yeah, I think I can piggyback off that because the whole oop sound, sound... (laughs) Sound got annoying, you know what I mean? It's like uh, up in, in in terms of like squirrel, you know what I mean? Squirrel they were like raccoons. Okay, sorry about that. You know, but it's just like sound. Oh, there's a sound, 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 sound. Versus like, oh wow, like I'm actually trying to make this soundproof room for for me or something like not that. Not to men- not to mention the fact that they put jump scare chords there. I mean, uh, had they kept the movie completely soundtrackless. I would have probably been on the defending side. <laughs> like, I like what was the movie that did that? Where, oh, No Country for Old Men. There was no soundtrack. It was scary um, mm. when the serial killer slowly walking up to the person and, like, talking to them. Uh, but with the jump scare, like, what does that sound like? Bending metal that is in all those movies? With oh, the... it's, um, yeah, it's called, like, a, like a water drum or something mm-hmm. like that. The, the, yeah, that, that. I hate that. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a great episode of 20,000 Hertz about it. Which is a podcast about sound. I have a new podcast I need to look into. (laughs) Well, you kind of transitioned into something that I think should be covered in an episode about A Quiet Place because I think the thing that really drew people to this movie and gave it pretty good criticism um, was the way that they handled that silence. And you kind of mentioned it at the top, Alexandra, about... um, you know, hearing through the the ears of a deaf person, basically. Um, and so, yeah, I'd like to hear more about that from both sides of the panel. I, I like the use of sound. The Having a soundtrack didn't bother me. I, you know, it's kind of I expect it in a genre movie or really any movie. Um, but I, I liked the way they approached it and not just kind of going, oh, we're just going to make as much noise as we want or we're going to ratchet up whatever kind of ambient noises um, but take our word for it, people have got to be quiet. I think by building the soundtrack the way they did or the, the sound the way they did, it really lent to the atmosphere of, um, the, you know, kind of the sense of danger. And, you know, it makes you very aware of all the little sounds they make and kind of like, okay, well, what's a safe sound? What's not a safe sound? How, how loud can you get? What are the things that you can do? The fact that, you know, they had that Monopoly game that they modified so that there wasn't even the chance that, you know, the houses or the pieces are going to make any sound. I, I thought it was a brilliant way to really bring the audience into this, the, the terror factor or the scare factor of what would you do or the things that you'd have to think about living in a world where you can't make a sound over a certain decibel. Right. And there was something... I thought innovative about trying to have a real life still. Like I'm just still trying to have that old life back. I still want to play games. I still want to play. I still want to hang out. And I just think after the death of their kid, you know, and even though that still haunted their bodies throughout the film, I, I just, for me personally, even when when they're trying to have fun, they're still trying to do their thing. I just. Um, I just felt that there was just still some more lacking stuff with it. I just didn't feel uh, the stakes as much for some reason. Um, I did, you know, one of the things that I will kind of give a little nudge to, n- nudge to is the whole silent film aspect of this whole thing. Definitely felt like a silent film. You know, I know that, you know, John, Jim or whatever was trying to figure out, like, ha- like to try and make it sort of the silent film kind of co- uh, thing, which was cool. Um, but, you know... I don't know. Maybe it's because I grew up with some pretty protective family members, but you ain't going to play no Monopoly no more. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? You are not going to be playing with, with your toys no more. Right? You you know, my kid is dead because of XYZ. We're going to completely overhaul our lives, uh, which I get they were trying to do with, like, the, the paint on the ground for, like, the stepping stuff. Step, yeah. You know, that was really cool. But, again, it's further emphasizes like the life that you think we're, we're going to have is absolute. We have to burn that to the ground. 
Monopoly. Yeah, but we have to <laughs> burn Monopoly to the ground. I've been saying that since I was six. But, fuck this game. Yeah, yeah. Fuck this game. Means <laughs> a production, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, and I don't know. I mean, one of the things that I have, I don't even know how to bring this up, but. Why the hell is Emily Blunt, Blunt pregnant? Why the why are they pregnant? It had to come up. It had it just had to come up, and I know. I was just thinking, and I said this in the movie, and it wasn't me. I, when, when I was watching this in theaters, somebody like three rows up, literally was like, was like, home, home girl is is Emily Blunt pregnant? Right now? And she's like, no, no, it has to be like something like a little pillow or something. Da 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 da. She was pregnant, and like. They just were like giggling the whole time, because it's just like, did they have? I mean, they got into the details about it, which I don't need to. But it's just like, hey, how do you think you test out that soundproof room? Yeah, or the waterfall. Well, could have been the waterfall. Could have been all this. But again, uh, why are you doing that? I mean, if you can't keep your four-year-old pregnant, how you your four-year-old quiet? I was thinking the word pregnant. If you can't keep your four-year-old quiet, how are you going to keep a baby quiet? Right. You can't keep it in the box forever. Well, okay. So my my argument for keeping a baby quiet is simply that the baby being born into that world is going to know the rules from the beginning. Versus transitioning a four-year-old to being quiet all the time is not going to work. I, I have no defense for why she's pregnant. I, I genuinely no. have no defense for it. I'm the accidents happen. <laughs> Have all the condoms expired? We all know condoms are not 100% foolproof. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's... I'm assuming, you know, Planned Parenthood is not up and running, you know, in the post-apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they could have. I mean... Uh, Administering abortions is probably quieter than printing all newspapers. The, all the people protesting outside drew the uh, monsters there. You damn Yay. fucking people. <laughs> Fundamentalists ruined it for everyone. But I don't know. Just to kind of add to that, too. It's like, I just felt bad. I just felt bad knowing that shit was going to hit the fan. And um, I think in the trailer or whatever, which I did not see, but they talked about the tub scene or something mm-hmm. like that. I was just like, dang, like, I know we're going to have to go through this. Uh, and one, so again, just as a human being, your your actions, even in the moment, even though you want to be normal or do whatever, has just these huge ramifications in a new world, uh, which you could, you know, I'll give you a nudge for the uh, defense, could really make a really innovative film really could make a really interesting concept like I just want to I, I just want to fuck my husband right now right <laughs> or I just want to fuck my wife right um, so you just want to rewind basically yeah. you want to you, you fill in the like the 400 want, odd days between day 89 I'm just trying to figure you out you want construction projects and porn yeah we're missing some really interesting days <laughs> I'm just trying to fill in the blanks here because I'm just like or uh but again, it's just like I will say that that character, Emily Blunt's character, is no doubt the MVP. Mm-hmm. Just oh, yeah, unequivocally totally. MVP for the whole damn movie. She had to take care of, all, you know, most of the, those kids. Had to cook. Had to do all this shit. Where fucking Jim was out fucking teaching his son how to fish by the fucking fountain. You know, and that was, pissed me off too. Jim was fucking using the house's only whiteboard I, to go, oh, sound does it? Yeah. Three monsters. And it's like your family could use that to communicate things that ASL can't communicate. Right. Yeah. Jim, what are you doing? They, I mean, they had another whiteboard. She oh. had a, a Shakespearean sonnet when she was teaching the kids. Oh, so they do I, I have that. that. Okay. Unless it's the same one and Jim just erases it and writes the same shit on it over again every night. And then when the music was playing in their ears, you know, when they were just like slow dancing and stuff, I was like, they better not do this shit again. You know what I mean? I, I just hope oh, it's safe. Like make another baby? Yeah, make another baby. I don't know. I'm just being you an asshole. You can't get pregnant while you're pregnant. You just can't. Like, again, it's just like with an apocalypse movie, seeing... Just so many of them. I've just seen so many apocalypse movies. It's just like, you know, actions absolutely have ramifications. And so if, um, I guess it, it just became an easy, it, it was just an easy plot. Yeah, could you imagine if 28 Days Later was like only took place like 48 days later when <laughs> they've gotten to the pla- that one like building and most of the zombies were starved and they're just kind of living isolated? <laughs> That's this movie. <laughs> 
mean, yes, it's a kind of a post-apocalyptic movie and it's, you know, a horror movie and a creature feature. But I go back to what I said is to me, the movie is so much more about the family and the links that you go to, um, you know, I, I don't think that they make the smart decision every time, but mm. I mean, honestly, I don't think any of us would make 100% smart decisions every time if right. we were put into that position. Um, I didn't feel like I needed to see all of the stuff that happened between day 89 and where we picked up again, because if the movie is mostly about how do you, you know, survive, how do you try and live a normal life? The, the lengths that you're going to go to to protect your kids, essentially, you know, all leading up to the moment where John Krasinski sacrifices himself for his kids. It doesn't matter what happens in those 400 odd days in between when the first kid dies and when he dies. All you need to see is that some, you know, that this family is doing the best that they can under these incredibly difficult circumstances and that they are going to do whatever they can to keep right. their kids safe. And right. so to me, it's so much more a movie about family than it is anything else. It's valid. I, I'm not going to make the smartest decision. I'd, I'd fart in the middle of my sleep and die. <laughs> I am incapable of being quiet. I mean, I remember, you know, seeing the movie and reading that people were like walking out of the theater and whispering because they were terrified. <laughs> and I got louder than I've ever been as soon as I walked out of that theater. I'm Ooh, like, I'm a goner sure. <laughs> yeah. But uh, as the, it's about family thing. And I thought that the acting was very nice. Yeah. I, but the characters were very stock. Like, um, they were just kind of like, Moody teenage daughter, uh, boy, <laughs> just boy, uh, boy. Uh, boy. stern beard dad, and uh, mom who's concerned for her unborn child. Uh, it was I, I didn't really get a great idea of who they were a lot of the time, and while they were acted really well, it's just kind of like I, I don't remember anyone's name. I don't think they ever said the names. I think, I, I mean, if you watch so. the credits, I think they have names, but I don't think anybody is ever named within the movie. Well, That's, in sign uh, language, names are made up anyway. Like It's they usually, yeah, it's they, a... They don't I spell, did not know that. Yeah, they don't spell out, like, the name. If you meet someone for the first time, you might spell out your name. But generally, you have, like, the first letter of your name and some kind of motion that you think... Like, represents, represents you. Represents you, or like a portmanteau of the first letter of your name and a different sign. That is awesome. Yeah. I did not know <laughs> that's that. Really that's cool. that's, that's really, awesome. really neat. Yeah. Wow. So they might have referenced names, yeah. and we just didn't catch it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or, I mean, maybe they didn't need to. Yeah. yeah. The, exactly. It's, you know, it's a contained story. Okay, yeah, they're not going to interact with anybody. I don't know how, don't know how they're the, the names is that baby, though. sort of the, 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 my point of, like, they were very stock characters. Mm -hmm. I don't know. They didn't need names. Are you, is, are you that suggesting that this is uh, <laughs> Italian? box? It, what is it called? Um, um, <laughs> Italian uh, improv theater, where like all of your characters are stock characters. Comedian Del Arte. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm so, I can never remember the name, but I remember the thing. You're welcome. See, I was thinking of, oh. of Bird Box, the site version of this movie, where her the kids site are. Version. Bird Box. <laughs> Quiet Her place. kids are literally named boy and girl, so... Bird Box, Quiet Place, Bye Bye Man. Right. <laughs> I felt like those were just like the same worlds, Bird Box. Uh, uh, wait, right? Maybe different iterations yeah. of the same One's a alien. sky monster, right? Is it? Yeah, presumably. One's a it takes the, it takes yeah. the form of like your greatest fear oh, or something, right. so uh, it could be really anything. Bird Box is bad. It's, <laughs> I never saw it. It's not good. There was a fan theory <laughs> that they wanted the Quiet Place and the Office to be in the same world. Yeah. I don't know I why. It. it was also potentially going to be in the Cloverfield universe. Oh, mm -hmm. crazy. Is that why everyone was calling it a Cloverfield place on the internet when they were making fun yeah. of it? Mm -hmm. when they, oh. when they, um, Monsters the same shape? When the writers first pitched it to they Paramount, did. they had just released tw 10 Cloverfield Lane, and they oh. wanted to make it a Cloverfield movie. They're making that a horror anthology. Mm -hmm. I'm glad they did, because that kind of ruins everything I've got just... Yeah. I, well, I think yeah. it stands better on its own. Yes. Agreed. Oh. Yeah. Speaking of... Or, well, I mean, I don't know. It's about time to unmask everybody. Uh, so we can talk about how we really feel. Alexandra, do you want what? I just want to say something, though. Okay. <laughs> before we unmask. Is she okay? And I think this is my gut seeing it is I really want to see really integral parts of this family because I agree that, it's a, that, that it is about family. But here's my hot take about this is, you know, I wanted to see how certain things went down via, like, why the fuck are you having a kid? Why the fuck <laughs> are you bringing these people? Why the fuck are you bringing these people 
like out and about because if I don't know, this is gonna sound harsh, but I've watched so many horror films that it's like if you start consistently fucking up, I'm gonna vote for the monster, <laughs> right? I'm rooting for the monster. Yeah, that monster just trying to do his thing. He monster has some rules, and that is just be quiet because I'm fragile. Okay. Yeah. I'm fragile right now. He, I got some stuff. I have in a my giant head. ear face. Yeah, I have a giant ear face. Just all you gotta do is be quiet. Is that the motivation? Are they eating them because they don't want to hear it anymore? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you you get to play your Monopoly game and like do everything. Just make sure you're just being really, really quiet, quiet. And if you're not. Then I'll slash you. you know? <laughs> there was this thing, and I don't know if this is true. Did they eat the people, or because no. like a, okay. it's not clear? It's, yeah, they, I don't. They didn't. Really. I, don't I mean, know. they don't find the them. raccoon corpses later. The old so. lady wasn't eaten because that was a yes. Well, that's oh true. yeah, old I think lady they're was just, just there. I think the they're just maimed. Yeah. Which is like when I was reading, Wasteful. which is like, why did they not eat them? And they, and they were just like keeping them quiet. You know what Aliens. I mean? Yeah. Okay. I didn't really pick up on that, but I think I'm going to go with that, that like maybe the sound is painful to them all the time. I didn't right. run into trees. Who knows? Yeah. Why didn't they live by the waterfall? Why? That's a great <laughs> other thing. Well, I mean, you know, we don't know where this takes place. <laughs> we could live by the waterfall if you live in a, a, you know, a moderately climated place where it's not going to get really fall fucking water. cold, you know, at night. So the Hawaiians you know, are in great shape. Right. <laughs> you know, if they live anywhere where it's going to get below, you know, 40 at right. night or 30 at night, those it's better for the kids to be in a house. Where I can't believe I didn't you know, think about that. I would totally. die. <laughs> totally. Anyway. Okay, now that's a mask. Right. Now what are your thoughts? We delayed, we delayed it. You can go first. I'm a really big fan of this movie. Mm. Um, surprise. Um, I just, I, I thought it was incredibly effective. Um, I really connected to the the family dynamic and the storytelling i cry every single time he dies every mm. time because that weird it's yell. well you know <laughs> um, you know it's 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 this it's essentially just the whole sequence of the fact that he makes sure that the last person that sees him and that he communicates with is the daughter who right. blames herself and feels that her father blames her also for the mm. for this her sibling. And so that moment where he signs, I love you. I have always loved you. It's that, you know, it's his way of trying to say, I am sorry. Right, yeah. um, but it gets me every time because it's what a parent is supposed to do. You know, how many movies do we watch where the kid is like, Oh no, not my parent. I'll, you know, I'll sacrifice myself for them. But it's the parent, you know, the, yeah. this is a movie where the parent is stepping up and going, this is my job. Mm -hmm. My job is to die for you if necessary. And I just, it gets me every time. Right. Riley? I don't really like horror movies, and mm. I was told that I should watch this because it's really smart, and I'm really <laughs> smart, and I appreciate people being smart. And, <laughs> I, 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 and I, I don't agree that I'm, like, super smart guy I got billed as there, but, like, <laughs> I, I, my friends and I have this rule. We like movies that aren't, like, staffed by noobs. Oh. And, um... I, I couldn't get into the movie. This was John Krasinski's it, directorial debut? Yeah, it no. It was not. It what? It's not his directorial yeah, debut. So uh, he made a movie based on a David Foster Wallace novel called Brief Interviews with Hideous Men. Oh. And then he directed a bunch of episodes, like three episodes of The Office. And then he made a movie called The Hollers mm -hmm. with Anna oh. Kendrick. And then he oh. did this. Oh, why not really? I was going to say, this, feel, this feels a lot like a good first attempt by a director. <laughs> um, but like... I think it's just, it could just be the hype and the marketing, but I, this isn't my genre of movie. I went to go see it because I was told it was different and it felt like a typical monster movie. Oh. So I was, I was, I wasn't into it. Well, Mario. I enjoy this movie. Mm. I actually really, when I went to it, I feel like every time I roast at the end of it, I'm really dramatic. <laughs> and then my, my unmask is, I really like this film. Um, but you know, I went with some friends. I thought the idea, the plot was really innovative. I was actually really upset when the kid died in the beginning. Uh, and I really loved the advocacy of having somebody who's, who's deaf really kind of carry the emotional labor mm -hmm. and then at the end kind of get liberated and then kind of get reborn as you're, the, you're fucking the hero now. Mm -hmm. You have the power. You are, you, you know, you're Neo. Or you're, oh, yeah. uh, you, or not Neil, but like you are the one that has this gift coming through, yeah. and I think that kind of emotional uh, journey is so 
compelling. And that's why I really loved it. And I, too, get really choked up when Jim dies. Yeah. Yeah. Jim Halford. Oh, I feel like an asshole. Casey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really like this movie, too. I, I think a lot of its um, effect was a little worn because I didn't see this in theaters. And I, oh. I waited kind of a long time to see it. I don't know why, because I love horror movies. It's just like... Everyone saw it right away. I missed the boat. I didn't want to go alone, and I waited until I could watch it at home. Um, and so I already kind of knew what people were praising about it, and, and so it felt a little more flat for me. But um, I, I liked the world building. I think it would be a really sweet double feature with the movie Hush. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, I agree that I think the daughter, like, really carries the whole thing, and that's, like, pretty cool representation. Um, and also shows that like you don't have to talk to be a good actor totally. <laughs> totally. Mm-hmm. there is more to acting than your voice <laughs> i put this in my portfolio every actor yeah. did a great job yeah, yeah. i uh, i think this is like a good horror snack yeah mm-hmm. like it's not gonna shake you like it's not gonna be the hereditary that like really fucks you up um and it's, but it's like yeah or with like the conjuring it's like um it's like an accessible like Horror, horror movie that doesn't it's not it's an hour 90 minutes and mm-hmm. you know it's got a nice family in it and not all of it like there's not it's not super gory it's only, like, yeah it's only a four person body count yeah mm-hmm. it's it's pretty like hey I don't know if I want to get into horror movies or not and I but I want to feel like I'm watching a horror movie and it's kind of that so mm-hmm. that's why I think it's like it's like a good like it's PG-13 right mm-hmm. it's a great it's a great PG-13 horror movie it's not like, for horror fans, I'm sure they're like, Bleh. or like, I mean, and if you want like a really, really sophisticated, thought out world, it's not totally there because there's some things where you're like, where like this logic doesn't quite make sense or follow through on itself. But like, I don't know. I think it's an okay time at the movies. It's okay, okay, fun party horror movie. Um, so yeah, that's, yeah. that's kind of what I think. And I mean, I'm, I'm very curious to see how the second one. Yeah. Kind of builds the world out more into we're getting more people in the mix. I'm mm-hmm. nervous. They're still carrying they're carrying that baby around in the crate, so mm-hmm. for some reason they gotta uproot. Box baby. Yeah. His name is Box. We just call it Box. <laughs> so if Killian Murphy's in it, are we gonna cross over into the twenty eight days later universe? Oh. Ooh. Um, <laughs> I mean theoretically then how did he get from England to <laughs> Helicopter, you saw that 28 Days Later. He's like, oh, fuck, it's even worse here. 28 Days Later. Have you? Have we defended that, roasted that? Uh, no, it's in the list. Oh, man. Uh, what we a, just haven't, haven't gotten What a it. movie. That, that so movie cool. freaked me out. Don't we should talk about yet. that. <laughs> we should talk about that in uh, the after show. Sure. Yeah, we can. We'll I talk mean, about some post-apocalyptic. We'll oh, boy. Oh, yeah. so much to talk about. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> sure of. Sure you do. After this, we're going to record our extended play. That's it for this episode, everybody. We're going to record our extended play, our post show that's just for our Patreon supporters right after this. So if you want to listen to that, more of about The Quiet Place or 20 Days Later or I don't know, uh, you can go and get that at patreon.com slash 24flamespod as well as our most recent hot take, which either came out last week or this week. Don't know yet. It's a month in advance. Um, but, uh, yeah, everybody, um, that's all. That's all there. There's a bunch of other good stuff you can get over there and help support our show. And <clears throat> speaking of, um, well, not speaking of, God, just the end of the show. Here we go. Um, if you uh, want to send us your thoughts on a quiet place, you can type them out quietly um, and send them to 24flamespod at gmail.com. You can find us on social media at 24flamespod as well. Um, and wherever you listen to podcasts, go and subscribe, rate and review so that uh, our show can get better. You can help more people find our show. It's this great positive feedback loop of uh, support that we really appreciate and um, it helps make our show better. So yeah, go and do that. And don't miss out on any of our any of our episodes, which next week, I believe, to celebrate, yep, to celebrate the live action Mulan coming out, Ooh. doing the animated Mulan. Ooh! Ooh. <laughs> Open honor to us. We'll find out. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, everybody come back for that. Uh, this episode of 24 Flames Per Second. Produced and hosted by me, Robert Spiewak, co-hosted by Casey Rom. Panels this week, 
Alexandra Calero on the defense, and the roasters were Riley Scott and Mario Arallo. Our music was composed by Rob Joins and performed by Rob Joins and Will Paulson. And Party Fish Media, our network, is produced by me, Robert Spivak, Quasi Phillips, and Will Paulson, everybody. And so, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll catch you next week for Mulan, y'all. Uh, Mushu and all your friends, uh, Ping, that's still Mulan. Uh, <laughs> all, all the other guys that are in there. I forget the three... There's a horse. There's a horse. And a cricket. Lucky yes. cricket. And a really terrifying villain. Sean Yu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eh, he's just big. He's and just George Decay is the emperor. That's right. <laughs> oh, anyways, everybody. <laughs> That's we'll, next week. We'll catch you next week on that episode, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Fish Media acknowledges that it operates and records on indigenous Duwamish and Puget Sound Coast Salish land that is still home to the Duwamish tribe. This land is stolen in violation of the Point Elliott Treaty of 1855. We are committed to uplifting the name of these lands and community members from these nations who reside alongside us. For more information on this land, its people, or ways you can help, visit duwamishtribe.org or realrentduwamish.org. Listen, here on 24 Flames Per Second, we do a lot of talking, and something that you need to wet your whistle with after you've done a lot of talking is maybe a cider or a beer or a seltzer, if you're of age, that is. Uh, Seattle Cider Company isn't brewing your standard cider. All of their seasonally rotating small batch offerings break the mold of overly sweet cider, showcasing the incomparable flavor of Washington apples, in parentheses, the best apples. If you're interested in something like that, they got more than just cider. They've got beer. They've got seltzer. Come see for yourself at the Woods Tasting Room in Seattle's Soto neighborhood. In addition to the cider, the room is home to Two Beers Brewing and Soundcraft Seltzer. Founded in 2007, Two Beers Brewing Company has been brewing and distributing craft beer to the Pacific Northwest for over a decade. We love this stuff. We've been drinking it like crazy here in the studio. It, it, it's so good. You can bring your dog to the tasting room. You might run into one of us down there. We've been down there lately, too. And so it's a great place where, you know, everybody can get together and have something to drink. They got bomb-ass food there, too. Got to go and check it out, everybody. For more information, visit SeattleCiderCompany.com or follow Seattle Cider Company on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Seattle Cider Co. Follow Two Beers Brewing on social media at Two Beers Brewing. Hey, listen up, all you filmmakers out there. If you have a film that you're ready to share with the world, consider submitting it to the 14th Annual National Film Festival for Talented Youth, or NIFTY. Submissions are open now, so send in your film today. Go to nffty.org submit.